21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Yep, yep, yep. It's, uh, <clears throat> let me tell you what it is. It's Bug House Square. It's Tuesday at 6 o'clock, um, you know, in our in our fantasy world. Uh, I hope your fantasy world is as uh, nice as mine. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. This week on Bughouse Square, I got, um, <clears throat> I don't know what I got. I, uh, I picked a bunch of good records. I've got a certain feeling. Uh, it's not visceral, but it, uh, it's certain, and I'm going to bring that forth. Welcome to Open Pages. It's the third Saturday of the month. And, uh, yeah, let's start off with a little John Coltrane tune to go study. This is E.K. Keith on Open Pages at Mutiny Radio.
mistake to start with John Coltrane. That was a track called Too Young to Go Steady. And it is off of, uh, you know, I think this is something, it's a little compilation called Selections from the Four Lovers series, P.S. I Love You. And, and that was John Coltrane. And this is open pages. It's it's a a quiet quiet Saturday night here in the Mission District of San Francisco, and I I bet everyone's probably heard that we're you know m moving through a global pandemic right now, so it really is keeping things quiet. But the days are stretching out nice and long. Um. I had a good day. I hope you all had a good day, too. Um, so one of the things that I've been doing a lot of during this pandemic time is is reading. Um, I've also been out protesting, which is uh, challenging and important. And um, before I talk about books, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Um, for those of us who can go out, I think it's important to go out. And if you can't go out because you have health concerns, there are so many other things that you can do to help the movement for black lives. Part of that is educate yourself. Um, part of that is maybe start your own personal letter writing campaign to our elected officials at the local, state, and federal level. Um, our voices need to be heard right now. And if you, if you can't shout it out at a protest, then, then take a quieter path. But, but get, put, put, your, put your words out there, everybody. Make sure that your, your voice is heard on this issue. Um, we have a lot of problems in our country, and the the nonstop murder of black and brown people by police officers from coast to coast, it's got to stop. It has to end. Um, and so, yeah, I want to encourage everybody to to take what action that you can take at this time and yeah, do it. Have your voice heard. Um, which kind of leads into the book that I want to talk about this evening. So one of one of the the books that I have read while we're while we're sheltering is called Asada, an autobiography, and it is Asada Shakur's autobiography, which, you know, if you're looking for a really interesting and readable autobiography, 
I give this my highest recommendation. And in addition, it is relevant to the situation today. Um, as as I was reading this, one of one of the things that occurred to me is that if you really wanted to nutshell Asada Shakur's autobiography, it is the story of a black woman who is targeted by police at all levels of government and what happens to her. And um, man, what a talented writer also. One of, one of the surprises in this book is, is that you get, um, you get some poetry. I had no idea that Asada Shakur was such a brilliant poet but she is, and just as a little taste, you know, this book, the way she tells the story is she bounces back and forth in time between, you know, kind of the story that, that we know of her arrest and all of, all of the court cases, and those are interspersed with these stories from her young life as a child growing up in the Jim Crow era and it's fascinating and it it makes its point so clearly you know that her activism came from her experiences and then as an added treat as if as if you know, this interesting part of our history, which is still relevant now, all the things that she was working for are still relevant today, um, is she gives us her poetry. And I'd like to read this poem. It's the first one in the book, because I don't want to give too much away. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know the story, but if it's a different thing to to feel the story um, from, from the author's perspective. And so this is the first poem in the book. It is by Asada Shakur, and it's the, it serves as kind of an introduction to her autobiography. It's called Affirmation. I believe in living. I believe in the spectrum of beta days and gamma people. I believe in sunshine, in windmills and waterfalls, tricycles and rocking chairs. And I believe that seeds grow into sprouts and sprouts grow into trees. I believe in the magic of the hands and in the wisdom of the eyes. I believe in rain and tears and in the blood of infinity. I believe in life, and I have seen the death parade march through the torso of the earth, sculpting mud bodies in its path. I have seen the destruction of the daylight and seen bloodthirsty maggots prayed to and saluted. I have seen the kind become the blind, and the blind become the bind in one easy lesson. 
I have walked on cut glass. I have eaten crow and blunder bread and breathed the stench of indifference. I have been locked by the lawless, handcuffed by the haters, gagged by the greedy. And if I know anything at all, it's that a wall is just a wall and nothing more at all. It can be broken down. I believe in living. I believe in birth. I believe in the sweat of love and in the fire of truth. And I believe that a lost ship, steered by tired seasick sailors, can still be guided home to port. That is affirmation by Asada Shakur. It is the first poem that punctuates the chapters um, that, of course, are written as prose, as stories are. But this is from Asada, an, autobiogra an autobiography by Asada Shakur. I highly, highly recommend this book to anybody who's interested in learning from Asada Shakur, whose activism is important now as it was when when she was going through it all so i've also yeah i've been reading a lot everybody and i'm pretty sure there's a couple of people out there listening so i'm just going to you know talk right to you um so one of the things that I've been reading lately and been particularly interested in is kind of learning American history, but the history that I have been most interested in learning is the histories that were left out of my education in high school and college and even in graduate school. And so one of the most interesting books that I've read lately is by an author, a historian named Erica Armstrong Dunbar. And this book was a National Book Award finalist, which I've been meaning to look up what book this was up against because Man, it's so good. It's hard for me to believe that it didn't win the National Book Award. It's so good. So Erica Armstrong Dunbar wrote a book called Never Caught, The Washington's Relentless Pursuit of Their Runaway Slave, Ona Judge. And everybody should read this book. Everybody should. It is... It's, it's just freaking fascinating, y'all. It's so good. Um, because it, she, she did some really amazing research. And, you know, as, as a librarian and, you know, a, as an English teacher at times, it just makes me so happy when I look at the notes in a work of nonfiction and 
it's just pages and pages of notes with, you know, like all, all of, all of the places where she researched to, to find this information about Ona Judge. Some of these places were, and, and we're talking about the Washingtons here. Let me be clear. This is George and Martha Washington, you know, George Washington, first president and everything. And, um, yeah, and it really, this book gives you a very, very clear view of the tensions at the dawn of the United States of between, between people who wanted to maintain slavery and, um, those who didn't and there's it's it's really it, it's really really fascinating and one of the things that it did for me in inside of my own mind was you know to kind of chip chip away at the pedestal that gets built around George Washington as you know kind of the founding father and um kind of the deification of these people it it really it humanizes him um and it to some extent vilifies him and martha there they they had um it seems like martha was very very much in favor of maintaining enslaved people as her property and had no desire to um, emancipate them, which, you know, there's some indication that at the end of George's life, certainly, that he had that in mind, but Martha, in fact, did not share that. Um, and so, yeah, never caught the Washington's relentless pursuit of their runaway slave owner judge. This book, I would say... Anyone from like like a very interested sixth grader could enjoy this. The writing is really smooth. It, you know, like for a history, it the Eric Armstrong Dunbar is just a really also a really like not only a brilliant researcher, but a really good writer. And the story moves um like a story and you get a lot of details of the time um and of course you know i've i read this you know while we've been sheltering and one of the things that i don't know it either, either i forgot or never learned about the yellow fever pandemic like ugh, horrifying just terrible, terrible, terrible. Ooh, yuck. I'm really glad that that's not what this one is. I mean, this one is pretty bad, but oh man. Yellow fever. Terrible. Um, yeah, everybody read it. Um, I believe that you should probably go to sfpl.org, San Francisco Public Library, and Maybe see if you can check out a digital copy. There's, uh, I think, three 
services to access ebooks from San Francisco Public Library. Do make sure you have your pen number as well as your library card number. You will need those to check out ebooks. So that's my shameless plug for San Francisco Public Library because I love the library. So yeah, so I've been reading that. And oh, now I got to talk about this. Man, has anybody, I, I think I might have been like the last person to read There, There by Tommy Orange. And I'm just going to give it my super highest recommendation. Um, it's freaking brilliant. Hey, everybody, the phone is ringing. And so I'm going to answer this phone. So let's see who this is. Hello? Hey, is this Avacha? Hey, Avacha, are you ready to go on? Because if... All right, let me, let, I will. I'm going to finish talking about there, there. And hey, everybody, Avacha's on the phone. So let me, let me put you on hold. And then I can't wait to talk to you again, Avacha. Hold on. Right, so we got a vacha on the line there because she wanted me to finish talking about there there because yeah I came I came late to the there there party because well it's just been constantly checked out at the public library and my own library and y'all I live in a really tiny apartment in San Francisco that's already filled up with books and so. I'm not really buying books anymore <laughs> because, you know, the free book boxes are, are far too interesting always. Um, but yes, I finally read There, There by Tommy Orange. And I I don't know. I just can't. There's there's not enough to there. I can't say probably anything better than what anyone else has said. Um. I connected really heavily emotionally with this book um, because I think I think Tommy Orange really pays attention. <laughs> he really pays attention and he has this amazing way of weaving together the threads of decisions and choices that these these people make the people in the story and I can't even call them characters because I feel really like they're more like people than like fictional characters and part of the resonance for me as as the story unfolds which I'm not going to tell you because if you haven't read this book you really really have to read it and I really really am being very careful right now not to do spoilers because that's crappy you know um, but it reminded me I was reminded so many times just you know in my 25 year career as a, a public school teacher and librarian of the decisions that that people make that you understand why and 
you can sometimes see the train coming and you can't get off the tracks, you know, and it's, it's like that. It's, it's like living the lives of these urban Native American people and feeling what they feel and knowing their minds through their minds like it's an incredible book. I, I just, I want everyone to read it. So, that's There There by Tommy Orange. No spoilers. Get an ebook copy at San Francisco Public Library. So, I have on the phone Avacha. And let me, let's, let's see if we've got Avacha here. Hey, Avacha, can you hey. hear me? Hey, there you are. How are you, my friend? Listening to you. <laughs> and I'm an avid reader, so I mean, there, there, I had to get that as soon as it came out. But the one you were talking about before that, I'm going to call you tomorrow because I got to get the title of that, and I've got to have a copy of it. You got it. Yeah, Asada Shakur's autobiography. No, the one, uh, the... Um, oh, Never Caught, The Washington's Relentless yes. Pursuit of the Runaway Slave Ona Judge. Yes, you I are going to love it. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Um, yeah, and let me, I want to tell you a little bit more. I forgot to read about Erica Armstrong Dunbar. You sound very low. Oh, do I? Let me, let me, let me get a little closer to the mic here. How about that? That sounds a little better, yeah. Okay, and let me check your volume, too. Okay. Yeah, so Erica Armstrong Dunbar is the Charles and Mary Beard Professor of History at Rutgers University. She has been the recipient of Ford, Mellon, and Social Science Research Council fellowships and is an organization of American historians' distinguished lecturer. And she is an African-American woman historian. It's incredible. You're going to love this book, Avacha. Well, just when you described it, I fell in love with it already. So. <laughs> yep. So have you? what have you been reading lately? Oh, I'm always reading something... Um, there's um, uh, Smoketown, if you read that. No, tell, tell me about all about Pittsburgh. it. I'm from back east, and I used to hang out in Philly, but I never really would go into Pittsburgh that much. And that's a powerful book about the history and all the people that came out of there that uh, you didn't know came out of there. But anyway, it's called Smoketown. And then um, um, for the 16th time, I've read Braiding Sweetgrass. I've read that again and again and again. And everybody should read that. Have you read that one? I haven't. Tell, oh tell us about God, it. Oh, my God, you have to read that one. Yeah. Who's the author? I don't get me to lie. I, I remember the title, and I should remember. She's a, a Native American scientist who is also... Uh, anyway, anyway, you, she, it's, 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 it's so beautifully written that if you didn't know it was real, you'd think it was magical realism. Wow. But it's... it's, it's uh, she has a a very special way of uh, talking about nature in a way that makes some of the most um, uh, urbanized uh, uh, brain-dead folks that have completely removed themselves from anything natural deal with it. She's, she's a special uh, writer, but I'll get you all that information tomorrow. Oh, I would love that. Thanks, Avacha. Always up for good book recommendations from avid readers. So you've been writing a lot. Yes, I have. Yeah? I don't have much choice. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody going stir-crazy. 
I tell you what, my friend, it's, it's, uh, it is, it's really, it's, it's very challenging because I've pretty much, on, like, before the protests started, I was really only going to the grocery store about once a week, and I'm protesting about once a week, so, yeah, I've been very sheltered, like, not leaving the house, <laughs> so lots of reading and writing and music. Oh, you'll be proud of me. I I started playing guitar again. All right. Yeah, man. And another thing, like, I know you are a musician. Nobody has to tell you to play music. But I, you know, I've, I've, I've been playing guitar on and off for a long time, years and years and years. And it feels so good to make music. That, yeah. You know, guitar it just, is a wonderful instrument. Yeah, it's just really soothing and... Yeah, it just makes you feel good on the inside. So, yeah. So, what do you gonna, what do you got to share with us today? Well, uh, I chose a couple of things. Uh, I want to read one by Carolee Sanchez, who everybody should know. Right on. And uh, one of the greatest, uh, the Native American writers, as well as a dear friend and a major rabble rouser in the Bay Area. And uh, the folks in the Bay Area don't know how much they really owe her. But she's an amazing woman. So I just wanted to do one of hers and maybe uh, one of mine. Uh, and if there's time, I'll do more. But you see what this, uh, you know. This is from her book, uh, From Spirit to Matter, which is a, uh, like a best of new and selected poems. Carol Lee Sanchez, who was just an amazing writer. And um, so this is uh, part of the first chapter. It says, They have disappeared me as they have done to all my ancestors before me. Are you watching? When I wear a modified version of the, the traditional dress of my Pueblo tribe, it is not familiar to those outside the Southwest, but it is real. Look close. I may vanish before your very eyes. It is not a Pocahontas dress. I do not wear feathers or a headband or beaded moccasins because my tribe does not wear those things. Each tribe adapted various forms of European beads and ruffles and braids that became traditional ceremonial dress by the late 1700s. But they are Indian because we wear them, because we put them together in a certain way. Are you watching? I may be disappearing right now. It keeps happening when I remind you who I am. And pretty soon you don't see me anymore because I'm a leftover primitive and you're supposed to feel sorry for me because I am poor and diseased and ignorant and alcoholic and suicidal. You see how it happens? What goes on in your mind when you see any of us wearing our ceremonial dress? We have not been terminated or exterminated. We are here all around you, but you disappear us every day. Are you watching? Carolee Sanchez. That's one of the books people wow. have, From Spirit to Matter. From Spirit to Matter. And if they matter. want to, then contact me or else Bill Vartner, who is my publisher as well as hers and a whole bunch of other people, Torian Horn Press. So. Thank you for that. What was the title of that poem again? Um, that is a part of a longer poem, so it's from the book From Spirit to Matter. Got that it. is only a piece of a longer poem. Beautiful. Anyway, <coughs> and let's see. From the book Sonia Dolores, We Came to Dream, it was a book put together and dedicated to Francisco Alacón, uh, edited by Odilia Gavan Rodriguez. And I wrote a piece in there. Um, and it's called Chicanismo con Clase. Um, 
Like a border-crossing butterfly, his words, poetic, mystical, cantos mistaken for weeds, he planted metaphorical blossoms, gave us ancestral bouquets, and spread a rainbow of love around our hearts. A constant reminder of our importance in a fenced-off world that didn't recognize our existence, Francisco. A Chicano con cache who found beauty in the dirt beneath our fingernails and had the nerve to proudly sing about it. Our Francisco, a bigger-than-time time traveler, a weaver of regal word power, a down-to-earth, unabashed practitioner of Chicanismo con clase. And because he, and because of who he was, and all the all the seeds he planted in our souls, he lived forever, deep inside each and every one of us. Orlando Concache, a poetic butterfly, a butterfly sin fronteras, unafraid, and siempre presente. Right, Avacha, that was beautiful, and I what a what a beautiful tribute to Francisco Alarcón. Yeah. I love his poetry, and I I actually still use it a lot um, when I'm teaching, when I'm doing classes with young people, because he he has such a gift with image and and metaphor. Yeah. Carolee Sanchez was the one who pulled him, me, and uh, Devora, and a whole bunch of other folks uh, into uh, California Poets in the Schools, because before her, there was no color there. Wow. That's important. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> was very important on a lot of levels. Yeah, man. You got time one more? Or oh, I would. L- oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Tomorrow is Father's Day. Yes. And I'm a daddy's girl, so my father and mother were dancers, and this is dedicated to him. It's called Poppy Was the Dancing Man. Poppy was 25 shades blacker than midnight, blue-black, they called him. Poppy was a pretty boy, a pretty man, skin so smooth he looked like he was carved out of ebony. Poppy never just walked, he was smooth like his skin, moved like a panther, like a well-sung song. Poppy was beautiful to watch, wore his pride-like armor like a weapon, like a shield, and cities designed to make him disappear. He wore his blackness like a badge of honor, moved through the whiter-than-thou madness with the grace of grease lightning, danced his way cruel stages that tried to bury him in the filth of their fear. Poppy was 25 shades blacker than midnight, the kind of unstoppable black that they couldn't hold back no matter how much they tried. Poppy was untouchable. Even when they tried to get at him by trying to get to me, he danced in their faces on all their sacred places and made a joke of their ignorance by stealing their shows on their stages and giving unasked for lessons on the real black power. His unshakable power, our undeniable survival power, Poppy. See, Poppy was 25 shades blacker than midnight. 25 times blacker than was tolerable by terrified white folks, by immaculate Negro jet-setters, hair too bad to be so confident, too African-looking to be so proud, too loud to be so arrogant. Too damn black, or so they said. But even when black was a never-to-be-spoken word, they couldn't stop his beauty. I mean, like when Poppy smiled, even the wind held its breath. And while all the foolish tongues rattled, he danced, he danced and spread his blackness across the whiteness of this stolen land. And he danced, and he danced, and danced, and danced, and kept holding my hand, held on real tight till I was strong enough to see the light and write this poem. Poppy was 25 shades, blacker than midnight, blacker than midnight, blacker than midnight. 
Oh. Happy Father's Day to all those good fathers out there. Yeah. What a beautiful poem about your dad, Avacha. Thank you so much. I can just, like, in my mind, I can see him dancing with you. Oh, he's here. <laughs> he's uh, dancing with me. It's like me dancing on his feet. That's how I learned to dance. But yep. um, he was a major. He's a dancer, a dancer's dancer. He and my mother both were very good dancers. That's that's fantastic. And, you know, dancing is, uh, you know, it, it made you a musician. Were they musicians as well? No. Although I shouldn't say that, my mother was also a musician. My mother did, but she was uh, she was involved in lots of different forms of art. She played the piano, she played the saxophone, she played the flute, she sculpted, she painted, and she had been a dancer. And uh, she was a jack of all trades. But uh, Poppy was a serious dancer. Right on. That's super cool. I'm so glad that you brought all of these like really heartening and uplifting words for us all to listen to. I'm grateful. You do. You bring it to us every month. And I guess I'll just listen to the rest of the program. I don't know if you have anybody else coming on, but um, anytime I've listened to you, it's always been a great show. Thank and you. And thanks for turning you. on to some new books. I'm always a uh, game for that. And I'll call you tomorrow with the, the uh, authors for those books. That sounds awesome. They're both really amazing books. And it really, you know, when I was a kid, I'm from New York City, and, and New York is, well, I, I was delusional. I used to hang out in North Philly, which I didn't realize until I went back to visit, uh, is the rough, the, the ghetto. And I didn't realize, I thought it was suburban. That's why you'd go and hang out with my friends and sit on the, their front stoop, with, which was on Gerard, which is like a main thoroughfare. And I came in and I moved to California, went back to New York to visit my cousin in a gig, and... And then I went to Philly to go visit my friends on Gerard. And this big, one of those nice big East Coast sewer rats walked slowly across. This is a major thoroughfare. Whoa. This rat walked across the street <laughs> like it owned it. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, this is what I thought was suburbia. <laughs> a rude awakening. That's what happened. City girl got a rude awakening that day. Yep, it happens, doesn't it? That's, those are those moments that we never forget. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was glad that the uh, the lovely myth that I lived through growing up, that I didn't know it because uh, as fantasy served me well when I was a youngster. Right on. All right, my friend. Well, I'm so glad that you called and shared some poetry you with too, us. And you have a great show. I'll be listening to the rest of it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Keep right. doing what you're doing. All right. You too, my friend. Peace. Peace. All right. So that was Avacha gracing, gracing open pages with uh, some some work by Carol Lee Sanchez and some of her own work and some book recommendations. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I'm thinking right now that I know there's about to be somebody else calling, but I'm feeling these love songs tonight, and uh, I'm thinking a little Ella Fitzgerald. This is Ella Fitzgerald, and it's called I Got a Guy, and it's a really good song. This is E.K. Keith, and this is Open Pages. Thank you. 
Cuba's got plenty of sugar China's got plenty of tea Morgan's got plenty of something I like But none of those things bother me I'll tell you why I'll tell you why I got a Doesn't have any money, but to me he's a honey for he's mine, and I think he's too. When he starts into pet me, he can thrill and upset me. He's the kind that you can't keep up. Just a gem in the rough, but when I polish him up, I swear he'll be a Tiffany solitaire. Just in case you didn't recognize an iconic voice, that was Ella Fitzgerald singing I Got a Guy, and that's another one from this this little PSI Love You Selections for Lovers series. Um, yeah, what a good song. 
What a set of pipes, too. Man, never goes out of style. So, hey, everybody. This is E.K. Keith, and you're listening to Open Pages, a word arts show. It happens on the third Saturday of every month, and it's happening tonight. So, uh, we have another poet on the phone calling in some poetry. And let's see, let's see if, if we can hear Richard Sanderell. Hey, Richard Sanderell. Y- hey, you got your ears on good, buddy? How are you? Can you hear me? <laughs> yep, I can hear you just fine. Okay, when I read, I'm going to put you on a speakerphone. Okay. Uh, and see if it works. And fine, I'll put it up to my ear. Okay. But hey, I'm, I'm really, 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 really glad you're doing this. And thank you for uh, the beginning show um, and the books. Um, you know, George Washington was the first real estate agent. So uh, <coughs> he cleared the land of the native people and got that land and divided it up and sold it to other white people. And other he white people divided it up and sold it to more white people and kept getting in these little boxes until now we all got these little boxes that we think we own. Ah! Yep. Hey, Richard, can you can you speak up just a little bit for us? Better? You speak speak a little bit more loudly. Oh, okay. Well, uh, all right. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, did you hear any of that that I said, or? I I did hear it, but I'm just trying to. It, I, okay. I've got I've got well, your so mic anyway, turned uh, up as much so as I'm possible. Glad it was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I want to get that book too. <laughs> Never caught. Oh, yep. yeah. I'm glad you uh, turned us on to that. Yep. Thank you. Read it. You're going to love it. <laughs> well, uh, I hope I'm not too much of a downer tonight, but, you know, things are are not right as far as I'm concerned. Ever since I've been alive, it's not been right. Right on. Um, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know why it's taken me so long, and I was laying in bed last night, and I said to myself, why in the hell haven't I written a poem about John Lewis. You All know, right. Um, um, I, I, I'm going to read a poem. I hopefully I brought it up. Yeah, it's right in front of me. Well, why don't I just read it, and then we can talk about it. Sounds good. Okay, it's called Killing Beauty. Friends want me to be more hopeful. I cannot... March 7, 1965, saw on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma on black and white TV, police dogs sicked on black bodies, batons beating them, with hoses water streamed so strong it lifted them into the air, knocking them back to the ground. Our racism never went away. It was shamed for a small period of time, while black color red flows, lack of breath. I was about to turn 19 in a few days, being boot camp. For those who think they don't need to know what happened before, perhaps you might want to rethink. There are people who seldom bring MLK's name up, and when they do, it's always about nonviolence. So then they focus in on the violence, not the real atrocities. When will they talk about what Martin said, why these things happened? 
might have to have an analysis. My tears keep me human as they burn my cheeks. Fed up with seeing my black, red, brown brothers murdered with impunity while yellow brothers and sisters used as pawns in this racist game where some are standing up saying no more as we blame them for a virus. Where if a policeman is killed, it's domestic terrorism, but if a man kills his wife, well, I'm a racist. I don't like you white people, and I'm white. You piss me off by your actions, inactions, because in the end, most of you make it about yourselves, poets included. We'll give everyone a chance, but if you open up your mouth, talk garbage, realize you're a homo sapien, not a human being. Your white attitudes are lost on real human beings. Beauty is on the run, as Danae believe walking in beauty. Bring it back. Younger brothers, sisters, grow up. You're killing beauty. Right, Richard. Yeah, well, <laughs> you gotta write what you see. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I mean, you know, I never really thought I'd see today. Uh, I, I thought I was gonna go out and and not see what's happening. And it's, you know, when we watched the uh, gentleman in New York uh, die, couldn't breathe for a cigarette. Right. And all those things before and after, and we still sat by as, as a group. We didn't do anything. Some spoke. But it was like I said to somebody, I said, well, you know, when, when, when uh, George Floyd laid there, I said, well, the way things always are, in two weeks we'll forget it. Because if you look back at all these atrocities, in two weeks it was out of the news and nobody talked about it anymore except for those who gave a shit, who still had their humanity. Then, finally, this happened. And whatever it was, whether it was all these things uh, coming finally where the center no longer holds or, uh, or everything comes together, uh, it, it's like it could fall apart or come together. And right now we're coming together that I didn't think we'd see. And I really yep. want to give it to the youth. Yeah. These youth. When you see a youth on the street, you make sure you thank them. Yep. Because this is the generation that's standing up. Yep. And as those people, in, not those people, but as, as the human beings in Standing Rock is the seventh generation that led that, we are all part of that seventh generation. Mm. And, and you can see uh, the strength in these young people and they're the ones who are going to take take that mantle, because the other generations sort of sat by. Uh, you know, my generation kind of went home uh, after the war, thinking, "Well, it's it's all over." And it never was over. You know, it just continued right. to get worse. But we, as a group, didn't look. And now we have to look. So, kudos to those youth. Yeah. And now they're making it happen. The youth. I mean, excuse me. One more thing. The, the elders now have all that information. I mean, Avacha, 
me remembering, because I've always remembered, I know where I always stood on this, is to bring that forward, and 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 in, in and we follow them. We're only here as the elders. If they want to come to us, we're here, you know. Uh, but the way the society is today, elders have to go to the youth. But maybe that's going to change. Yep, maybe. Shut up. <laughs> yep. Shut up. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't want to get into a tra- uh, rant, but well, I, but I, I felt I had to say that. I'm glad you did. Like, I think it's I I agree. I'm really really proud of our young people right now, and you know, it's young people. And, you know, before the pandemic started, you, you know, really yeah. in the past, like, couple of years, like, let's, you know, let's let's keep in mind that the, the young people have been on the vanguard of the environmental movement, which is totally related to this global oh, pandemic. Yeah. You know, like, there's, yeah. there's all, you know, everything's connected. Surprise. Well, you know, I, I, I was saying back in the 70s, look. We have to find a way so that we can make enough peace so that we can start realizing that if we don't do and respect the underpinning of life, it ain't going to matter. We're going to go away. And I'd rather see it come together. Right. Because, you know, I believe in black and beauty is beautiful. We used to say that. I don't know why it went away. Uh, I I say it, and I'm I want people to bring it back. Right on. Black is beautiful. Yep. You know, it's not this thuggish thing, and and pe- there are people who play that game. It's played for profit. Uh, it's played because people are pissed off. I understand that. Um, but we have to come together, and then realize that these diseases that are coming our way are basically the in- environmental diseases. Right. You know. Uh, we can't do the things we've done because we've screwed up the planet so bad that we move into places where we shouldn't be when we're getting sick by eating foods we shouldn't be eating. And I'm not blaming anybody because here in this country, our food supply, one day we will have it and it'll have to call it the American virus. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. I like the way your brain thinks. I've, I've had a lot of teachers. I, I I always encourage people that if they're finally opening up and they want to look and they want to hear and they want to see, I recommend those people go. But th- shut your mouth. <laughs> Listen. That's the way you learn. That is the way you learn. You learn by listening. Yep. You don't go to a group and say, well, I think you should. No. That's true. Well, do you, do you have another poem for us, Richard? Yeah, I do. I got so many. <laughs> um, and we're all glad. I'm glad yeah, that you have many I, I, poems. I got the D. Allen's book. He uh, gave it to me. And I, I don't know whether this is the one that's going to be the release party or you'll have another book out. But yeah. it's, it's, I just started reading it. And it's, uh, He's been reading. D. Allen, D. Allen has been guy. reading some really awesome stuff lately. Like yeah. the... The Zoom open mic environment, you know, like I miss everybody in person, but I think mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Like I've I've been zooming into um, 
like I went I went to Ontario went to um, Richard Eve Sutowski is the he's the poet laureate laureate of Owen Sound Ontario which is a tiny place it's it see I looked at it on a map it seems very very beautiful um so it's pretty interesting to like go to Canada on my couch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard there's one in Zimbabwe. I'm, I was sort of interested in that. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I got to check in with uh, uh, Dan. Uh, Dan Brady. Yeah, Dan Brady. He said something about it. Well, you know that's well, anyway, that's I, I his project. Oh sure no, you we we have time. Um, okay. But Dan Brady's project. It, the global open mic is to get like, especially right now with, with zoom is to try to find open mics all in all 24 time zones so that, that poets around the world can, you know, that, that want are, are interested in, in welcoming voices from outside of their geographical location can yeah. can get together i think it's a brilliant project i'm really excited yeah. about it yeah so yeah read us another poem richard all right well this one's uh <clears throat> well uh you know about the 5g stuff and what's going on with all the microwaves and the indeed uh, yeah that, that's why i don't like putting this thing in my ear but i'll do <laughs> it for this um well we can either talk about it uh, after i read it called Lost Direction. Turtle Lost Direction, instead of he heading to the sea after laying her eggs, goes inland to the desert where other lost turtles graze her in the sand. Turtles from the beginning of time, whose names for Turtle Island, has lost its way, as has Usa. Our lies at end times, creature from millenniums lost, Birds, bees, butterflies, all affected by microwaves, EMT waves that throw off their direction. Every t living creature, flora, fauna have this sense of direction. Birds, up to 70% gone, along with bees, mm. butterflies. Give me my 5G so I can fry my brains, destroy my melatonin released by the pineal gland that relegate, regulates sleep, while EMT and microwaves disrupt melatonin levels and interrupt the circadian rhythm, mm. literally frying our brains. Yep. Give me technology so we become sterile, ending Homo sapiens reign. Mother will terraform a new world. Yeah. Right on, Richard. I really like that one. Well, thank you. Yeah, I have I have also shared your grave concerns. Well, there's a uh, there actually is a pretty good documentary uh on YouTube. It's um oh, Richard. Uh it's called The Resonance like I resonate with you only it's resonance right on. of beings. Like human beings, that's on the end. Resonance of beings. That sounds cool. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be like uh, another smoking uh, industry, like you know how how long the cigarette people, the tobacco people lied. Oh no, this is safe. They used to have doctors. Oh yeah. I remember when they had doctors on TV 
saying, oh, this is better and it's so good for you. <laughs> well, this is going to be <laughs> and the same it's, as this one. It's so hard to believe, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yep. Yeah. Humans well, are weird yeah. people. <laughs> well, we're all an experiment as far as these people are concerned. As long as they make their money, it doesn't matter whether they kill us or not. Right. The, the runaway... Besides, we're a culture of death anyway, so... The, the runaway capitalism is... Uh, it's time for that to put the brakes. Well, I'm... I don't hope, because hope doesn't do anything. But my... Uh, may it happen that people start talking to each other and again realize that this is all connected yep and uh and that we're gonna have to rethink stuff because if we don't rethink it well you know where that's going yeah and you know we're, <laughs> we're at the brink of it already sure uh so we ain't got time so that's why that's why i didn't think i'd see this so again i want to reiterate you know, and I'm not putting down all the other generations. There's people in there, my God. Uh, it, it, you know, they're there. Right. There are people but who have been working the, like, whole time. the whole time. Oh, yeah. But we uh, we are in a unique but, but moment. But the voices were hard to hear. Right. For the rest of us, for the rest of the society. Well, you they know. They were too busy shopping or, or actually too many of them. There was, there was a lot. Or too busy having two or three jobs. There there and was they still can't pay the rent. Yep. And the rent goes up and everything else goes up. So no wonder they don't have time to pay attention. They can barely make it. Well, I so really that's why it's up to those who can speak, speak loud. I really liked that, that part of the poem. There are a couple of lines in there. And I, I'm, it's the, the lines have slipped away, but the point that you were making in the poem was it's, it's not about white people like I it, it what it made me think about was centering the voices of people of color and yeah so there is that part of your poem that I thought was really resonant with that well thank you I am um, the first one you read so I uh I grew up in an all-white community I have a t-shirt I should start dragging it around and show people and say hey this is what this town thinks of itself. Mm. And uh, uh, and I, I grew up with all the ugliness of it. Mm. Uh, it didn't take. Uh, somehow I... Well, it's like I never understood why, and let's say the kids got it beat out of them. Um, you know, kids really, if you leave them alone, sometimes they can be real shits to each <laughs> other, but... <laughs> But uh, uh, I don't think they're – they see things, mm. you know, especially the young ones. And I think if, if somewhere that gets lost, I knew as a kid when I saw something uh, – when someone was being treated wrongly or, you know, I knew it. Right. And, um, and when I heard people talk about the way they talked about black people, I I didn't feel right. Right. And when I had the chance, when I was finally left Fort Recovery and I went to Dayton, because I always heard about how the whites were moving away. Oh, we got to move away from the blacks. And I said, well, what's the 
problem with plaques. So when I went to Dayton, I went over to Third Street, which was the black community. I went over there by myself and checked out stuff that was going on. Hey, there's nothing going on. These are human beings being human beings, like everyone else. What the hell are you fucking afraid of? <laughs> so, I mean, and I went from there, and, and it was also a town that had a history of the Indian Wars. Right. And uh, in school, I would always take the natives back. I would take Tecumseh as my uh, as the spokesperson for the... And they said, why are you always taking the Indians back? So because they're right. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Well, Richard, I, th- I think we're about to have some more folks calling in. Well, good. I'm so glad good. that you called and well, you shared your words with us. The platform to say this stuff, and thank you for having a Vacha on. Uh, what a force! Oh yeah, I just I just love a Vacha. She's got yeah. the best words, and, and the best I'm glad music. to hear more women. That you they're promoting a lot of women uh, writers. Uh, I really like that. Thank you, Richard. Hey, I'll see you in the world someday. All right, I'll see you in the world someday, my friend. And so probably in the meantime, I'll see you virtually. You got it. I'll see. Bye. I'll see you on the internet. Take care right. and stay safe. I'll listen to the show. Don't forget to wash your hands. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't uh, breathe on it. Right. Bye, Richard. All right, so that was Richard Sanderell, and I'm so pleased he called in. And so, hey, just as a reminder, this is a a, a phone-in show, so if you're out there listening and you want to share some of your words on open pages here on mutinyradio.fm, give a call on a phone. That's how we do it. The number is 415-550-0511. So don't be shy. And I think while we're just really enjoying the CD today, and let's see, I believe that we've got a little Billie Holiday here. So let's see if we can get that on for you. Yeah, so this is going to be, oops, this is, uh-oh, 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 everybody. Now you know how I am. Sometimes I push the wrong buttons, and there we go. Here's some Billy Holiday for y'all. <laughs> Something I never knew. I wished on the moon for more than I ever knew. A sweeter rose, a softer sky, an April day that would not dance away. I wished on a star. To throw me a beam or two I begged of a star And asked for a dream or two 
on the moon was something I never knew. Wished on the moon for more than I ever knew. A sweeter rose, a softer sky, an April day that would not dance away. Wished on a star to throw me a beam or two. I begged of a star and asked for a dream or two. I looked for every loveliness, it all came true. I wished on the moon, wished on the moon. All right, everybody. So that was that was Billie Holiday singing I Wished on the Moon. And we have back on the phone a Vacha because Hey there, Avacha. Can you hey, hear me? Hey, sounding good. And <laughs> had my dear friend Richard Sonderell, who always got good stuff to say. Yeah, those are some good poems tonight. It's been it's been rich. I appreciate you all. So, hey, Avacha, you've got some announcements yeah, that that I need to be to made. Mention, we've got a multilingual poetry series. It's the fourth Saturday of the month. And forgive me for not mentioning it before, but it's the fourth Saturday of the month. It's called the Music of the Word or La, La Palabra Musical. And uh, we have four features and ten open mics. So it means if you're not there early, the ten open mics, when they're gone, they're gone, but you get a chance to hear some really great poetry. And we're are usually we're usually at Cesar Chavez Library in Oakland, but since the pandemic, we're on the, on the uh, web. So I'm going to give you my website, folks, and you can just go to the website, get all the information. It's www.avacha.org. Avacha spelled A, B like Victor. O, T like Thomas, C like Charles, J like John, A, avacha.org, and it'll give you all the information we got coming up next Saturday. It would be, um, let's see, Leslie Simon, who I love. Wow. Uh, and also uh, uh, Ismael East Carlos, a Puerto Rican actor. He's now he's living in, uh, in uh, Old San Juan, but folks, if you, you see his face, you'll definitely know him because he's been in a lot of movies and and then also um, we have Wilma Bonet, another wonderful actress. Cool. Uh, and we have uh, from the beautiful island of Dominica, Rosmo. And so it's going to be pretty amazing. It always is. Wow, so Avacha. Avacha.org. Please tell everybody to tell everybody. And S- thank you for letting me come back and say what I had to say. Absolutely. Hey, is are you using Zoom? What platform are you using? Zoom. Got it. Cool. And I think all of us probably have that downloaded now. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we may go to something else, but right now that's where it is. Right on. Well, thanks for popping back in, Avacha. Thank you. All right. Take care. You too. Thank Bye. you. All right. That was Avacha. So that's www.avacha.org, I believe. And um, La Palabra Musical. Don't miss out, and it sounds like some really cool people are gonna be gonna be showing up to that, and that's coming up. 
Um, so I have, I brought for everybody, you know, I, I brought some things, you know, poetry, because I really like poetry. Um, so for everyone also looking for interesting book recommendations, I have a collection of poetry here called Citizen Illegal by Jose Olivares, who is... Um, I'll just read his bio because I just really, I love this collection of poetry. I might have read something out of here before, um, but I'm going to again, but I want to introduce this poet to you. He is well outside of the Bay Area. Um, Jose Olivares is the son of Mexican immigrants. He is a co-host of the podcast, The Poetry Gods, a winner of fellowships from Poets House, the Bronx Council on the Arts, the Poetry Foundation, and the Conversation Literary Festival. His work has been published in the Breakbeat Poets and elsewhere. He is the marketing manager at Young Chicago Authors. Um, and he's just a really, like, I, I love this poetry book so much. Um, so I want to I wanna read this, this poem it's one of my favorites in this collection, Citizen Illegal. I asked Jesus how I got so white. Depending on the population of the room in question, I get asked what I am. My mom told me I'm Mexican, but because Mexican women can't be trusted, some people want to know if I'm really Mexican because I know I'm a questionable narrator when it comes to my own life. I ask Jesus how I got so white, and Jesus says, Man, I've been trying to figure out the same damn thing myself. That is Jose Olivares from a collection called Citizen Illegal. I, I connect with everything in that poem. I am also a Mexican-American woman. And yeah, that, are you really Mexican? Like, well, yes, yes, I am really Mexican. So I just love that poem. Um, and I have been, I've been writing a lot myself. And I think I talked about it a little bit earlier kind of this this real intense shift between this sheltering and lack of contact with all of my regular people and you know whether they're friends or just people at the store you know like people who I still see because I go to the grocery store but yeah, kind of the the contrast between this very sheltered, these very sheltered moments of of no contact with others, um, and then going out to protests in this kind of intense environment, um, and. So I'm going to just read a couple of things. Um, I've got 
I've been calling them non-adventures because it's like kind of the opposite of adventures. And so I'm going to read you non-adventure two. When I peek out from underneath these anxieties and look up, the red-tailed hawk's casual loops turn into a serious dive. Returning to big figure eights over my head, and even higher than the hawk, there's a meeting of blackbirds, ten of them, way, way, way up high. So that was non-adventure two. And I, I, you know, like Avachi was saying earlier, and Richard as well, um, I, I know a lot of us who are writers are really thinking a lot right now and really processing our our worlds from where we are. And yeah, so this is a poem that I wrote called Critical Thinking. Cops in photo ops with protesters for black lives taking a knee. It might look like solidarity, but I've been watching a lot of TV, and I'm clear that good cop, bad cop is always a manipulation, whether fact or fiction. We've moved past FTP to defund the police and redistribute budget to mental health services and housing and food. Stay optimistic. Think about our city as a place where everybody has their needs met. Redistributing budget may not end all crime and result in a utopian dream. Probably not. See, I like to live in reality, and I also know we can do better. So we must end the proliferation of sidewalk altars that we tend hearts broken and broken over again, that we will always tend to remember our neighbors, however loose the connection, these are our neighbors who get murdered by cops, and it's got to stop. But it'll be hard, and we have to work together. Write a letter, send an email, get involved virtually if you can't go out, because the deck is stacked, and the response to protests in Houston and San Diego was to increase police budgets against the will of the people. Stay optimistic. Work hard. And I just, for this evening, there was, um, in my neighborhood, I couldn't attend because I am over here, but there was um, a remembrance for Alex Nieto, who was one of my neighbors, and he was murdered by cops several years ago. And we, we can't forget him, or George Floyd, or Breonna Taylor, or Trayvon Martin, or Tamir Rice, and the list you know, we, we, we've got to end the list 
like the the murder of black people and brown people by police as judge, jury, and executioner, it's got to stop. So, yeah, let's work hard, everybody. So I know that someone is about to call. I'm pretty sure someone's about to call. And, and maybe that someone could be you. You know who I'm talking to. You, sitting out there thinking, I've got a poem I want to read on open pages. The number over here is 415-550-0511. And if you were getting a pe scrambling for a pencil and a piece of paper or, you know, like some kind of digital note-taking device, that is 415-550-0511. And you can call into Open Pages right here at mutinyradio.fm, which conveniently also has the phone number listed on the homepage, mutinyradio.fm. So, I think, um, I think, I think I'm really loving these love songs. Really loving the love songs this evening. So how about uh, another love song, everybody? Because um, sometimes we need that. And so I think we're going to go with, ooh, oh, yeah. How about, how about this one? So this is a good tune. Uh-oh. Here I am pushing buttons again, everybody. That's, that's how we do over here at Mutiny Radio bunch of button pushers so i'm gonna just push push the proper button so that you can hear the music and this is called desafinado by antonio carlos Jobim. give a listen recognized that John Coltrane that just came on because somebody didn't push the proper button. That would be me. And so here we go. Desafinado by Antonio Carlos Jobim. Here it is, everybody. Now we're, now. What did my grandmother used to say? She used to say, now. Now we're cooking.
So I think we're gonna listen to some Louis Armstrong now. Sweet Lorraine. This is Open Pages on MutinyRadio.fm. I've just found joy. I'm as happy as a baby boy with another brand new choo-choo toy. When I'm with my sweet Lorraine, a pair of that are bluer than the summer skies. When you see them, you will realize why I love my sweet Lorraine. I'm so happy when it's raining, I don't miss the sun. For it's in my sweetest smile. Yes. Just to think that I'm the lucky one who will lead her down the aisle. Yes. Each night I pray. That nobody steals a heart away Just can't wait until that happy day When I marry sweet Lorraine
When it's raining, I don't miss the sun. For it's in my sweetest smile, baby. Just to think that I'm the lucky one. Who will lead her down the aisle, baby? Each night I pray, yes, that nobody steals her heart away. Just can't wait until the lucky day. When I marry sweet Lorenz, when the lucky day, when I marry sweet Lorenz. Well, that was smooth. <laughs> Yeah, that was Louis Armstrong singing Sweet Lorraine. Yeah, that's that's another song from this little P.S. I Love You selections from the Four Lovers series. Love that. I'm loving love tonight. So, yeah, loving love. And thinking about, you know, everything that is going on in the world and so to that I'm uh oh I'm gonna have to rearrange this mic just a little bit there we go hope that didn't make any weird noise in y'all's ears um so yeah I've I've got a couple I think I'm gonna share a little bit more poetry with y'all and I guess I wanted to I was thinking about sharing sharing these just with our conversations tonight with Richard and Avacha. Um, connection is coming up. And so this is something I wrote with this idea of connection very much in mind. Things were already bad. Remember that day in February when it was 65 degrees in Antarctica? It was colder in San Francisco. I felt dread, but it passed and I put it aside. Now there's no putting aside the dread, no way to compartmentalize my life and so much existential crisis. And I hope, so I speak, I protest, I work, I write, and I work for justice, so that at least some of my worst fears will be wrong. Yep, it's all connected. Everything's all connected, and we're all connected to each other. And um, one of the words that I've been thinking a lot about 
over the past several months is the word essential. And I've had a lot of thoughts and feelings about this word and what it means and what it means to be essential and um, and how we treat people who are essential. So this is a poem that I wrote titled Essential for Hector. I will learn your name tomorrow when I come to the corner store to buy wine. You are the only person I've talked to in person for days. You're always there, working, smiling behind your mask, talking to lonely neighbors. Kind words come free with the apples and wine, and they last much longer, and they mean so much. So, yeah, that's, uh, I wrote that poem for Hector, who works at my favorite corner store, and, um, He's a really, really nice man. Because, you know, I'm never the only, like, slightly freaked out neighbor in there. And he's just, he's a really gentle person. And he works hard. And I appreciate him. And I appreciate all of our grocery workers. They're keeping things going for all of us. And, um... Well, you know, food. We all have to eat it. So, yeah. Everybody, be just a little bit extra nice to the people in the grocery store. They come into a lot more contact with a lot more people. And, you know, there's a really high risk for them of, of disease and just want to honor that risk. Oops. And um, yeah, try to try to make their lives at work as good as possible, you know, because everybody's in a stressed out situation right now. And so it's good to keep at the forefront of our thinking, how we behave in stressful situations, especially to the people that we need the most. And those are the people who work at grocery stores, among others. Like, let's not forget the people who work at hospitals as well. Also super, super important people right now. So I, I think that it's time to play another love song, everybody. Um, this is... Uh, yeah, it's button-pushing time. This is the exciting part. I'm sure everybody's listening and like, man, she got to learn to push these buttons. It is, I'm hoping, like the amusing part of the show where we all get to, you know, get involved with the tech here at Mutiny Radio. It's It's good equipment. I love it. Yeah, so this is another love song. 
it's called dun, 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 Let Me Love You by Johnny Hartman. Here we go. You're listening to Open Pages on mutinyradio.fm. And this is E.K. Keith. Enjoy the music. Oh, maybe enjoy the music. You guys. Thanks for hanging in there. There we go. Now we got it. Here's Johnny Hartman. Let me love you. Let me love you. Let me say that I do. If you lend me your ear, I'll make it clear the way that I do. Let me whisper it, let me sigh it, let me sing it, my dear, or I will cry it. Let me love you, let me show that I do. Let me do a million impossible things So you'll know that I do I'll buy you the dawn if you let me love you today And if that's not enough, I'll buy you the first of May Let me love you Let me show that I do let me do a million impossible things So you'll know that I do I'll buy you the dawn if you let me love you today And if that's not enough, I'll buy you the first of May And I'll send you merrily on your way What a good song. Yeah, I'm just really like uh, feeling the love songs this evening because, uh, well, music makes us feel good. And I think that love songs make us feel particularly good. And so I just want to remind everybody that Open Pages happens every month on the third Saturday of the month. And we're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I am E.K. Keith. And Open Pages is a lot of fun. I am positive. I feel it. Someone is about to call. Yep, someone's about to call. The phone's not ringing yet, but it's going to ring very shortly. So while we wait, mm, I think that... Perhaps we should uh, just really just go with this whole love song thing. Because why not? Life is short and love songs make us feel good. Here we go. How about a little Stan Getz, y'all?
right. So I have Kim on the line right now who's got an announcement to make. Hey, Kim, can you hear me? Oh, hi there. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. And tell me your last name again. McMillan. Oh, Thank hey, Kim you. McMillan. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you're coming on. I wanted... Yeah, you're coming on just just uh, after. Did I just play? That was some Stan Getz, but beautiful. So this is a, a great time to oh. make a beautiful announcement. Well, I feel like it is. I feel like it's a way for us to make a difference. Um, uh, Vacha and um, Raymond Matt Turner, um, Rafael Jesus Gonzalez, Jenny Lim, so many beautiful, Eugene B. Redmond, Wanda Sabir, they were all taking part in Wake Up America. It's going to be online, virtual, there's a Wake Up America uh, Facebook page. It's also being advertised by Bird and Beckett Books in San Francisco. It's going to be from 2 to 4.30 p.m. tomorrow. You can come in at any time. We're going to have poets reading on, on uh, racism, environmentalism, basically to basically wake up to the dangers that are in front of us and how do we heal it as a nation? Wow. And how do we provide a better place? We have to remember we're not the last people on this planet. Right on. There'll be people coming after us. And we have to be stewards. I, I, I did an article where I said parents should really think about teaching anti-racism as young as two years old. Right on. And then someone said as young as one year old. <laughs> Because we really are in um, in danger, and it was we see that when the, the people in the highest offices, the vice president Pence couldn't even say Black Lives Matter, and yeah, I I believe because perhaps he doesn't under the, understand the concept. Right. It, it's not about Black Lives Mattering more than any other. It's about finally people say Black Lives Matter. Right. When you've been lynched, when you have been abused, when you've been enslaved, your ancestors were slaves, someone has to stand up and say, this is not the way we go. I'm so thrilled that people are taking down statues yes. and looking at how do we become a better nation? How do we unite? And so we're hoping to do that tomorrow. And it's like I said, it's online. You can go to Burden Beckett. Uh, and they have the, um, the you, you just basically hit the URL or the phone number. And you can go right into the um, program and listen. It's also going to be on Facebook Live. And we're just hoping people will just listen to these words. And if they're asleep at the will, yeah. they'll wake up and realize, what can we do for our nation? What can we do to have a better, better world? Thanks for letting us know. Oh, thank you for letting me talk. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank and you. And have Kim. a beautiful night. Thank Take you, care. Kim. You too. You have a beautiful okay. night, and and that's called Wake Up America. And we can Wake find the information at the Burden Beckett website. Exactly. Definitely. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Thank you. You too. Stay safe, Kim. 
Alrighty. So that is heartening. It's it's exciting that so many people are coming together to make stuff happen and to make changes. So that like Kim was saying, that that young people um, can grow up without being racist. Like that's great. Hey y'all, the phone is ringing. I'm gonna answer the phone. So, I got a caller here for you. Hey there. Is that hey. Lizzie? Lizzie, you're on the air right here at oh, Mutiny awesome. Radio. Yeah. How are you, my friend? Uh, I am okay. <laughs> had some bad dreams, but I'm awake now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally get the bad dream thing. I've had a lot of really strange dreams over the past few months. Like, very vivid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I'm excited to finally be calling in. Me too. Hey, everybody who's listening, this is Lizzie Hernandez. She's an amazing poet, and uh, you got some poems to share with us, Lizzie? I do, yeah. I'm ready whenever. <laughs> Lay it on us. Yeah, you're going to be the last poet of the night, so I'm glad awesome. you called. What an honor. Well, uh, I'm actually going to start with a short one that is uh, fittingly called Nightmares. Um, I wrote this about three months ago, two months ago. Um, should I go ahead and read it? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Sailboats with captains and sisters aboard on salty seas. Memories turn to nightmares if you haunt me in my sleep. Tim Maya's psychedelic forsaken love songs in that beautiful Brazilian tongue yeah. turned to Cartola's samba songs filled with expressions of solitude and self-discovery, precursors, warnings of what was to come. So yeah, that's just a little Wow. Small but powerful. <laughs> Had to get my dreams out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then... Uh, this one's called Cuando, and it's sort of a, a condensed version of the longer poem that kind of ends in Spanish. Uh, and sometimes even your own honesty scares you. You can't seem to fathom your own desires. Blurred nights that keep you wondering about the innermost qualms within. Sensitivity, you learn to let go and grow thick skin. So you thought, but... The brothers know best how to make a llorona out of you. Brought yourself up, 12 years old, parents at work, little brother at home with you. Crying alone in silence. Don't let them see you or you're busted. Older brothers in a whole other county. A piece of your heart missing. With the impermanence of humans, a lesson you learn. When your teddy bear of a big brother, the one who only provokes, hears the laughter cross to the other side. And now, only trills of Sempasuchil bring us near to him. Brother, brother, I remember the ugly yellow dress I wore for my eighth grade graduation. Brother, brother, how could I have known that would be the last time I saw you? I remember you didn't seem yourself that day. And now, I'm 25, still afraid to trust anyone. Five years past what your big brother made it to. 
uncertainty all too familiar, the future unbeknownst, and you've always known you have no control over what is to come. This life, in this life, one must learn to rely on thyself. So when I begin to trust, seems it only brings a huge ache to my heart. So I mother myself, use my Cancerian maternal nature to calm myself, to comfort myself, to ease my weary soul, to find my own strength again and again and again. Why must it feel that this life is on repeat? Same shit, different faces. And I remind myself, don't trip. I hear the crack of the whip. And it's time. Time to move on, carry on on my own path my own journey reliant on myself in search of thyself resistant to chasing after someone rather not seek the love of anyone follow no one lead thyself say i unto me and i know where my heart is the most at home where it feels free desenfrenada completamente libre algo que nadie me hace sentir algo que no más sentí allí Something no one made me feel, something only that place could ever make me feel. And I tell myself, chase places, not people, chase the pink taxis of CDMX, chase rows and rows of agave, chase the smells of churros and chocolate, chase the sound of young rappers in front of Bellas Artes. Lo mejor que has probado, chase your feelings when you know in your heart of hearts that that, that is where you will find the missing piece of your heart like a shimmering jewel waiting to be discovered, excavated from the depths buried by years and years of history. A glimpse of your future is what drew you, that feeling unshakable, undeniable. Nunca, nunca, never, never have I felt moved, so moved by anything. Didn't know I was seeking something till I found it and felt at home. In la tierra madre. And yeah, that's it. Wow, Lizzie. Well, I'm so glad you got in right under the wire here. <laughs> I just really like got so many images and like the feelings are, are so intense in that piece. Thank you for calling and thank you for reading a poem to everybody. Everybody, this is Lizzie Hernandez. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go and, and close out the show with a love song, Lizzie. Thank I'm, you. So much a minute in time <laughs> all right, thank you Kay. bye-bye all right bye all right y'all well the you're listening to open pages happens third saturdays of every month right here on mutinyradio.fm and this is ek keith and i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you with another love song <laughs> 